Buck. Thanks for joining us. Jim and the Buckeye Boy from the Bozart Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios, the most trust name in automobiles. Sean Payton heading to the Denver Broncos. Thoughts on that today? I think the compensation, I think it's fair compensation. I think Denver actually comes out of this deal pretty good. Concerning the Saints wanted to go with a a more of like a, a John Gruden like deal with the Raiders and the Bucks, where the Saints were going to get two first round picks. According to reports, Denver held firm on that, and so they sent the second rounder next year, the first rounder this year, and it's a low pick. It's it's the 29th pick, and if you're going to invest what you did in Russell Wilson in terms of draft capital, you've got to feel like you're in much much better position with what you are sending to the Saints to get Sean Payton. And here's the thing that I think gets, gets kind of lost in some of this. There's no more excuses about, well, the head coach is a bad head coach. Whether it's Vance Joseph or Vic Fangio's inexperienced you know, or Nathaniel Hackett. If there's a problem in Denver in terms of the offense, it's definitely going to be now Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be Sean Payton. Right. It's not now going to be the plays that Russell Wilson is running. It's going to be Russell Wilson running the plays. That's going to be the problem, if there is a problem, because pending health, right, it's as good a wide receiver group as you have at least in the division, right? Absolutely. You know, with Patrick and Sutton and Judy and Hamler and Albert O and Big Perm and... You got Javante Williams in the backfield coming back healthy. It's as good a skill position as there is in the division, maybe in the conference. And I'm all right with parting with some of the draft picks because I think what the Broncos need is going to be better acquired via veterans and experience and guys that have pelts on the wall. That's offensive line. You can't always rely on rookies. Look at all the offensive linemen the Broncos have drafted or brought in. From Garrett Bowles on, Lloyd Cushenberry, Quinn Miners, yeah. you know, Dalton Reisner. You know, look at where these guys are at. None of them are really reliable for any stretch of time. And I'm not trying to be like, and I'm, I don't feel that the less need philosophy is the best one. Bleep those picks. I think there has to be a combination, though, of, of drafting well in the later rounds and what you do in free agency. And Denver, that's where... George Payton, who's developed a reputation mm-hmm. of being a pretty good bargain shopper in later rounds, he's re- they're going to have to make the most of what they have this year in terms of the picks. Yeah. And, and, and building this roster. And free agency, they, they can't screw it up there. But also, I would not be surprised to see... I'm not saying this is the guy, but kind of guys of his ilk. Like a K.J. Hamler. Maybe being on the trade block for a mid-round pick. You know what I mean? I, I, I don't think he's necessarily going to be on the move, but maybe kind of someone in that area. Maybe an Alex Singleton. Maybe on the trade block for a mid-round pick. That's the Broncos a, are kind of bereft of picks for the next couple of years. I just think that you, you look at it and you have to, if you're with Sean Payton there now, there's, there's nothing that's off the table. He's going to come in look at it from a fresh perspective and certainly what's going to happen defensive coordinator is going to be interesting with Ajiro Vero. Will he stay? 
Could it be Vic Fangio? We'll get into that coming up in a few minutes because that's an interesting subject. Because it looked like at one point Fangio was on on his way to the Dolphins. Remember at one point Fangio was connected with Sean Payton. Mm-hmm. As part of a staff for Sean Payton wherever he might end up. Well, it looks like it's going to be Denver for Sean Payton. And could that mean Vic Fangio is returning to coach the Broncos? Not unheard of. No. Wade Phillips did it. Yeah. A lot of time between the time Wade was the head coach and then came back as a DC. It was like 19 years, I believe. This would be obviously a much shorter span of time. Just a little bit. But we'll get into that coming up in a few minutes. All right. Uh, Grand Junction Tiger boys had a huge win last night against Fertile Monument. Time to talk Tiger basketball on the Jim Davis Show. Get in the huddle with Grand Junction boys basketball coach Isaac Madison on the team. Isaac Madison brought to you by the Rick Nelson Agency and American Family Insurance. For a free comparison, call this team of licensed professionals at 970-241-0078. Isaac Madison joins us. Good morning, Isaac. How are you? Good morning. I'm well. How are you guys? Doing fine. Congratulations on the win last night. You go to Fruta, you win on their home floor. And look, you've had some success against the, the Wildcats the last few years. But a big win for your basketball team last night. You guys have been scuffling a little bit as of late. That uh, that has to be one of the more satisfying wins you've had this season for your squad. Yeah, it was. We're really proud of the kids and, and the effort. They, they bought in, especially on the defensive end. But they rebounded the ball really well. And they made just enough baskets to, to, to get the W. So really proud of the effort. Um, really, really happy for the kids. We're, uh, we're excited for that one, but we're we're on to the next. So getting getting ready to, to look at Montrose stuff and and go from there. You know, forty seven forty four victory for the Tigers last night at Fruita Monument. Uh, Will Applegate continues to just uh, develop as a player. He was our Scotty's Complete Car Care Center Athlete of the Week uh, a couple of weeks ago. He had twelve points in the win last night. I know that uh, you were thrilled the way your your sophomore post played last night against a really talented guy in, in Daniel Thomason. Yeah, we played with a lot of poise last night. I mean, he just—you he, he, always know what you're going to get with Will. He goes a hundred percent all the time, gives you everything that he has. And I thought he did a really good job on both ends of the floor. And uh, we—we're uh, we're happy to have him. I think that he, there's not enough to be said about the, the job that all the guys that got in the game played last night. Uh, everybody played hard. Everybody did exactly what we asked them to on the defensive end, and executed offensively, and we're—we're we're proud of the effort. Slowing down Thomason was obviously a big part of what you wanted to do last night. But that's a team that's it's got some scoring depth with with guys like like Max Orchard, for example. What was the plan going in uh, in regard to trying to, to slow those two guys down? Well, that was the biggest thing, just trying to slow the game down in general. Um, I, in watching film and seeing them live, it seems like if they, if they can turn you over and, and get out and run and, and get out and go, it, it, it's really good for them. And so limiting possessions and just kind of slowing down the overall pace of the game, the pace of play. We, uh, we did a good job handling their pressure and, and made them really work on the defensive end, which was was definitely a positive for us. Grand Junction Tigers boys basketball coach Isaac Madison with us. Tigers now 7-10. and 10. They, they get their first Southwestern League win. They're now 1-2 and two after the win at Fruitland Monument last night, 47-44. You got Montrose coming up. Uh, then a non-league matchup with Coleridge, and then Fruita Monument once again, uh, Durango at home, and then uh, that road uh, game on Valentine's Day at Montrose. I mean, look at the league standings right now. Central is coming off a big win last night, knocking off Montrose, defending Southwestern League champions. That it, it Central's in the, the driver's seat at the moment, 
but the the league title Isaac is there for pretty much anybody right at the moment, including your basketball team. Yeah, it's it's really open right now. Um, I mean, it's early, but in a league as small as ours, you know, every every league game is so important because I mean, it, it's just a difference of a, a game or two here that you can't afford to drop two or three games in the league because it. There's, there's not that many games to play, and so it's really hard to make up ground. So we kind of shot ourselves in the foot a little bit by, by dropping the Central and down to Durango. And so we're kind of in the back seat now, but we're we're going to keep fighting and keep keep working hard in practice and getting kids focused and ready to go. And it's going to have to start with uh, Montrose on Friday night at our place. So it's going to be a, a good game, well coached by uh, the Montrose guys, and so they're uh, – their kids will be ready to play, and especially coming off a loss, you know, Tuesday at Central, they'll they'll be focused and ready. And so our guys are really going to have to step up to that challenge. Isaac Madison, Grand Junction Tigers boys basketball coach, with us on the Team Sports Network, and it has to feel good that uh, you know with, with you have the Montrose game on the road on Valentine's Day, but you guys are at home for a while. That has to be nice to hopefully have a little home cooking uh, when it comes to this important stretch uh, to wrap up the the regular season in Southwestern League play. Yeah, I hope so. We don't we don't get to play a lot of home games, and so we got to make sure we, we talk all the time about taking advantage of our opportunities. And so being able to play at home in front of a home crowd and just in a familiar place, especially in our our old gym that's going away before too long, it's uh, it's it's that much more important to you know kind of kind of hold court at home. So we're uh, we're excited to play at home. We're excited to host a, a good Montrose team, and we're going to work hard to get ready to go. When you take on Montrose Friday night, as you mentioned, they're they're stinging from the loss to Central last night. And uh, Caleb Ferguson, who's been the league's leading scorer, he's a, he's a tremendous talent, a really good young low post player. Uh, Jacob Hawks for them can fill it up, though the Warriors did a nice job on him defensively last night. Jake Legs, a really good scorer. I mean, once again, kind of like with Fruto Monument, you're going to have uh, your, your your plateful uh, Isaac with trying to defend some really good scores for the Red Hawks coming up on Friday. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's there's no easy outs in the Southwestern League, and so you got to make sure you come prepared every night. Uh, they they've got a good good core group, and they they play five or six guys a, a lot of minutes, and they're they're really disciplined, and they get exactly the look they want offensively. It seems like every possession, and they do a really good job on the defensive end, trying to take away the things that you want to do. So they're they're as well coached as anybody in the state, and they'll they'll be ready to go. So I'm hoping that we can. We can have a good couple nights of practice and get our guys focused and uh, be ready to play. Isaac, thanks for hopping on with us. Congratulations on the win against Fruta last night. Good luck against Montrose coming up on Friday. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Go right. Tigers. All right. There's Isaac Madison, coach of the Grand Junction Tigers. They've won three out of the last five against Fruta Monument. So they've uh, they've had some success against uh, the Wildcats uh, throughout the course of uh, the last few years. Uh, this hour, by the way, brought to you by Preston Lee at Country Financial. He believes in building relationships, supporting the community, and serving others. Have a chat and let him help you protect the things that are important to you. Google him at Preston Lee Country Financial. All right, coming up, we'll have our uh, locker room prep pop quiz today. Also, your chance to win a bottle of wine from Talon Wine. It is a wine about a Wednesday, so something you want to get off your chest. From the world of sports or just your daily life, you can text or call us. Chick-fil-A Breakfast Team phone line 970 972- 242-1340. Well, why don't you cry about it? Coming up in about eight minutes, uh, we'll talk with Cody York, Mile High Sports Radio. Covers the Broncos for Mile High Sports and uh, get his thoughts about the the trade for Sean Payton. Do you feel like the compensation was, was the right amount for the Broncos? Because we have the report that Mickey Loomis wanted 
a John Gruden-like deal when the Raiders and the Bucks made that trade for Gruden going from Oakland to, to Tampa Bay, they they gave up two first-round draft picks. Mickey Loomis wanted that, and the Broncos said no, that that's not going to happen. And so they, uh, they, they I think, come out of the deal pretty good in regard to Sean Payton. Now, when it comes to Sean Payton, when we're talking, is there any doubt that he's one of the best offensive minds in the NFL, in your opinion? Not for me, no. No. I mean, you look at the track record for Sean Payton, and it's it's been pretty impressive that Sean Payton, when he was there, they for a good stretch, didn't have an offense that finished outside the top 10 in total yards up until, I think, oh, the last couple of years. They finished, twice they finished outside the top 10 in total points. Only twice during that time they finished outside the top 10 in total points. In his first 12 years in New Orleans, they never finished lower than 6th in total yards. But even the last two seasons there, they still had been in the top 10. 8th in 2018, 9th in 2019. And so the, the Saints have the Saints have been in the top five in total yards every other season, eleven seasons. Uh, so I mean, when when you're talking about total points, nine seasons in the top five. In 2008, when they won the Super Bowl, in the season of excuse me, 2008, 2009, when they won the Super Bowl, they were number one in yards and points. In 2011, they were second in points, first in yards. And they led in total yards in 2014-2016. But the defenses weren't very good back then. And so they went 7-9. and nine. But the offense was not the problem. Will Sean Payton end up being the play caller? That's entirely possible that he ends up being the play caller in Denver. And you feel differently about him being the play caller than Nathaniel Hackett. Yeah, because he's called plays before. He's called plays before. He and he knows how to manage a game. He doesn't need Jerry Rossberger somebody right. to come in and tell him how to when to call a timeout. And Nathaniel Hackett had called plays before, but his offense wasn't great outside of a running game. And I'm sorry, to me as a play caller, as a quarterback's coach, as a quarterback guy, you don't get a ton of credit for having a great play calling mind when your running game's good, right? That's offensive line, effort, running back, the whole thing. That's not really you're diagramming just fantastic plays. It's not like Kyle Shanahan. I never felt like the run set up the pass for the Broncos. It was just kind of like, we got to do this, so let's run the ball here. Yes, let's do it, yeah. Kyle Shanahan, when they snap the ball, you never know what's going to happen because that's how he has set up his offense. And I like Sean Payton to do more of those things or at least be better at it than Nathaniel Hackett. All right, so who's going to be on his staff? Understatement of the month right. so far. So who's going to be on his staff? There's some questions about that. Obviously, now that's the next question. What will this staff look like? We referenced Vic Fangio, former Broncos head coach, that during all the conversation, the interviews and everything with everybody, that Vic Fangio was probably going to be part of, of a Sean Payton staff. Mm-hmm. Well, Vic, during his time in Denver, didn't exactly endear himself to a lot of Broncos players as the head coach. I did hear on Denver Sports yesterday, Derek Wolf, who played for Vic Fangio, yeah. had some of his best years, he said, under Vic Fangio. He goes, look, Vic is a head coach. Guys had a tough time with him. 
when Vic just worked with the defensive guys, though, they loved him. And so this could be a case where the guys that he rubbed the wrong way were guys on the offensive side of the ball, and those are guys he's not going to have to deal with a whole lot. And so maybe Vic Fangio would be okay returning to Denver because according to Dave Logan, KOA, the Broncos have been talking with Vic Fangio about coming back to be their defensive coordinator. So while we talked about that eh, didn't seem likely because of some of the players were rubbed the wrong way by Vic when he was head coach, would Vic want to come back to the place that he got fired? Well, this ownership group didn't fire him. And so that George Payton did. Yeah, George. Well, George <laughs> Payton. Well, the ownership group didn't. But George Payton. Let's be honest. Did. George Payton does not have the same teeth that he's previously had. He doesn't have the same authority that he previously had. This is now. Yeah, great. but this the guy's is, still in the office that canned you. You know, thirteen months ago. That's that's hard to get over. I think. But I think if you're Fangio. If it's, if it's a place where you feel like the talent is there for me to turn that in, to, to keep that a top 10, if not make it a top five defense, how much is he going to interact with George Payton? Probably not a ton. I, I'm, I'm thinking that Vic, if, if look, if there's talks, if he's talking to them at all, then there's interest there. Because wouldn't it be a not no, but hell no? No, I'm not going to come back to Denver. No, I'm not going to be around George Payton. It would be a definitive no. But to be honest, for Vic Fangio, it should be. It should be a definitive no. Like, I don't want any part of that. Could be. Like I don't want to come back into this building, go down the hall past my office. It would be awkward to say the least. I don't know if it happens. It's not like it's the only job he's being offered. No, you know what I mean? Supposedly, the, he was, the report was that he was taking the Miami job. He's pushed back on that, said that that's not the case. I mean, I don't, you know, I'm going with what Logan's hearing. And and apparently he's the least receptive enough, Fangio is, to talk with the Broncos about possibly coming back to the team. If he does, they're, they're getting a hell of a defensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. Get one of the best in the business. If he can put the personal stuff aside, we'll, we'll see how that goes. Another name that has popped up is a guy that got canned, and it's not really his, he shouldn't have got canned, in my opinion, but... He did by the Chargers. Joe Lombardi, offensive coordinator for the L.A. Chargers. Wasn't his fault that they they lost the game to Jacksonville. Right. Wasn't his fault. Brandon Staley's fault. But they fire Joe Lombardi, and Lombardi and Peyton go way back. And so it wouldn't be a shock to see Joe Lombardi come to Denver, who worked quite a bit with, with um, Justin Herbert, giving a lot of credit for the development of Herbert this year. And during his time with the L.A. Chargers, that you could see Joe Lombardi be the O.C. And there's also been talk that Mike Munchak could very well make his return to the Broncos as their offensive line coach. That would be a yes. I don't know what that means for our friend Ben Steele, but I would, if I'm a Broncos fan, I would heartily welcome that because look what he did when he was here the last time. Exactly. Garrett Bowles was an all-pro offensive ball man. Not a pro bowler, which Tyler Huntley is a pro bowler. Ugh. An all-pro. 
And hopefully Ben would would still be there, maybe as an assistant line coach. Mm-hmm. I, I'd hope. I'm really hoping for Ben. Yeah, like and I don't. His like family I said, I'm don't, not advocating for him to lose that job. I don't know what it would mean for him to keep that job, but you know, that's something the team needs. Mike Munchak is a need for the Broncos, I believe. And there was some reports yesterday that Jerry Rossberg could very well be in the running to be this team's special teams coach. It's definitely going to have a much different look than the Dwayne Stukes, Ajiro Vero, mm-hmm. guys that have never coached before, never been coordinators before. There's going to be some gray on this coaching it's gonna staff. Be a, it's going to be a very veteran staff. And Which like they need Vero. after four first-time head coaches, three first-time yeah. head coaches. Ajiro Vero could very well end up staying on the staff. That's entirely possible, but it doesn't. it doesn't look great. If Logan's right and they're talking with Vic Fangio, yeah. it d- doesn't look very encouraging for him to stay with this football team. Uh, Marty, didn't Vic just sign as the DC with the Dolphins? I only caught the end of Jim's uh, comment. According to reports, he did not. He's not. He specifically himself has pushed back on that. He has not, according to, to Fangio himself, Marty, has not signed to be the Dolphins DC. Steve is saying Fangio signed with Miami. That's not what we're seeing. Plus, he did that in the last. You and know, I'm not hour. seeing anything here where that is like right fresh yeah. off the Palm table Beach there. Post covers the Dolphins. They say that it's not a done deal. So Florio here's this is an article from Pro Football Talk yesterday morning. Two days ago, NFL Network told us Vic Fangio would become the Dolphins' new defensive coordinator. Other reports relying on unnamed sources echoed. Fangio has told two different reporters nothing is done. Nothing has been decided on my end. That's an on-the-record quote in the San Francisco Chronicle. That was 24 hours ago. Fangio has a girlfriend that lives in the Bay Area, and she's an eye surgeon there. Yes, Vic has a girlfriend. (laughs) doesn't seem like he's the kind of guy that have a girlfriend, but he does. And so there's the chance, and he's coached in San Francisco before, that he could very well end up replacing D'Amico Ryans as the D.C. in San Francisco because of that relationship. Yeah. And so him to Miami is not a done deal. It's been reported, but Vic is saying that's not done. So for those of you who are saying that it's a done deal, no, it's not a done deal. We don't mean to correct you, but we have to correct you because it's not not a done deal. Jared, dumbest move Hackett made was not keeping Munchak. Hopefully, Ben can stay on. You know, we're right there with agreed you on that one. Agreed and agreed. Absolutely. All right. Uh, we've got some more texts to get to. RJ and Delta, Robert as well. Um, so we'll get to those coming up in a few minutes. We've got uh, Cody Rourke on the other side of the break. But right now, we need to get to the locker room prep pop quiz. Pop quiz, hot shot. All right, you can win a gift card to the locker room in Fruta. All you have to do, and I gave you the answer last hour, actually, on this. Twice? Yes. So, the question is this. Last night, Central Central Boys Basketball beat Montrose. Ended a losing streak to the Red Hawks. How many games in a row had Central lost to Montrose Boys Basketball prior to getting the win last night? First correct answer 
Chick-fil-A breakfast team phone line 970-242-1340 to get that gift card to the locker room. Stop by and see Brandon and the folks today at 404 Jurassic Avenue. All kinds of really cool prep gear. They do all kinds of embroidery, screen printing. Stop by and see them today in Fruta uh, next to El Tapatio, 404 Jurassic Avenue. You can also call them at 970-639-8900. Cody Rourke on the other side, Mile High Sports Radio, talking Sean Payton on the Jim Davis Show. Yeah, I think they're like the best on the radio. At least at the pro level, the best of the best. The Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader, the team. Talking Broncos with Mile High Sports' Cody Rourke on the Jim Davis Show. Sean Payton will be the Broncos' next head coach, breaking it down for us. He does on Mile High Sports Radio weekday afternoons and at milehighsports.com. Cody Rourke, good morning, Cody. How are you? I'm good, Jim. How are you doing today? Doing fine. What a crazy day. Sean Payton, the trade's going to happen. Tom Brady, uh, a year ago to the day that he announced he was going to retire, and 40 days later he came back to play for the Buccaneers. It's a crazy day. Let's start out with the thing that impacts Broncos country, and that's Sean Payton. I was pleasantly surprised to see what the compensation was going to be heading to the Saints because, according to all reports, Mickey Loomis, Saints GM, wanted a John Gruden-like deal, a couple first-round picks. Denver said, no, we're not going to do that. They'll send a second-round pick along with this year's first-rounder, the 29th pick in the draft, and then they'll get a third-round pick back in 2024 along with the services of Sean Payton. I think, all things considered, Denver made out pretty darn well in regard to the caliber of coach they're getting in Sean Payton. Yeah, not to mention that, you know, George Payton had a a pretty significant hand in this whole process for the Broncos and for obviously the Walton Penner family ownership group. And, you know, as we've seen, George has been able to maneuver some deals (laughs) over the course of his time as a GM where, you know, while obviously Denver's, you know, trading something to some team, they're always getting something back. It's not like the Broncos are getting robbed in a sense now i think people can you know make their arguments on the russell wilson trade and how big that haul was but uh, you know hindsight's always a fun game to play but you know this is this is big the broncos have their next head coach and they have a guy who's you know one of the hottest names or one of the biggest names uh and when you look at his resume and his career over 15 years of being a head coach i mean the results speak for itself like he's a winning coach and i believe his final kind of stint, you know, the last three-year stretch with the Saints, I mean, it was like a 49-15 and 15 overall record. So it's like, you know, it's winning. He's able to get the teams to the postseason. He's able to maneuver a lot of stuff, you know, with the different pieces around him. And I think with him there's an emphasis on offensive player development, which is a good thing. Now I think we all just have to sit back and wait and see and try to figure out, okay, who is he going to bring on to his staff, who's going to be the offensive coordinator, who's going to be the defensive coordinator, special teams, even position coaches, those are things to keep an eye on here. And I think what everybody wants to know is, how does this impact a guy like Russell Wilson? And Sean Payton you know, made the comment that you know, Russell's a hard worker and he's played at a high level, won a lot of games in this league, pressure's on us to put a good run game together and reduce the degree of difficulty on his position. I'm excited about him. And so when, when you look at, you, when you know, you know what Sean Payton has done with, with Drew Brees, with Alvin Kamara, you know, Michael Williams, I mean, the, the guys that they've had in in New Orleans. What's the, what do you expect to see him try to do with with Russell Wilson? What do you what do you think that they'll will it be? You know, some people are saying he's going to keep him in the pocket. He's going to be a pocket passer like Drew Brees. And I just think Russ's strength is still his ability to get outside the pocket and make plays. 
I think Sean Payton's the kind of guy, Cody, that's going to play to the strengths of his quarterback. Yeah, no, I think that is the case. I think that's exactly what they're going to do. I think there's going to be balance between the run and the pass here for the Broncos this upcoming season. Uh, but, yeah, I think that there are elements. Like, I will say, like, Russell Wilson does want to grow as a quarterback pass inside the pocket. That's a personal thing that he's mentioned just because he believes if he can evolve to that as well while still being able to do some of the stuff he's historically been able to really do well. You know, it feels like he's going to have longevity in the national football. It gives him the chance to play as long as he wants to because he does want to play for another eight, nine years, which I mean, that's, a, that's a lot. That is a lot of years of football left to play, you know, for a guy like that. So he wants to evolve into, you know, into that type of guy, and he believes he can. So I don't think that will be the primary emphasis. I think that there will be elements of that sprinkled into it for the Broncos. And, and, you know, if that's the case, if Sean Payton wants to do some things like that, I think that he'll build an offense around not just Russell Wilson, but what the team does well. And I think this is good news for the Broncos as well, because I think what we have seen from Sean Payton is an emphasis on building a very strong offensive line as well, which, as we all know, Broncos need that. Cody Rourke, My Life Sports Radio joins us every Wednesday on the Jim Davis Show on the Team Sports Network. Let's go to that. Reports are that Mike Munchak could be on his way back to being the Broncos offensive line coach. What are you hearing in regard to that? Yeah, that's an interesting one. You know, right now, um, I mean, I've, I've heard some very interesting theories being thrown out about who the offensive line coach is going to be for Denver, who are some potential prospects. Um Somebody even said Mark Schlereth. Like somebody, like somebody yeah. told me Mark Schlereth, which I'm like, I'm like, I like Mark. Mark is very, very smart. He's got a really nice gig at Fox. I mean, maybe obviously the connection to Fox and you know Schlereth and Peyton. Maybe they, uh, maybe they've talked. Maybe they've colluded a little bit. But uh, I think there is a chance that Munchak does come back. I do know that uh, a lot of Broncos players did express at the end of the year how much they felt they would have been better if Mike Munchak were still around versus Butch Berry. Um, so I think that whole process has to continue to play out. I mean, there's, there's even another former coach uh, for the Broncos that could be coming back, which I think would be very, very interesting. And we will get to that in a moment uh, on the defensive side of the football. Uh, our good friend Ben Steele took over as the offensive line coach. He was Butch Berry's assistant, then Berry got canned. Uh, hearing anything about what might happen with with Ben moving forward? Because, gosh, we certainly hope that you know, that he ends up staying on that staff somehow, some way. Though, it's it's tough when you have a new head coach coming in and uh, usually cleans house. But uh, what are you hearing about uh, Ben Steele possibly staying with the Broncos? Yeah, right now. So, to my understanding, what's going to happen is is you know a lot of these coaches are still under contract as it currently stands right now. So. For Sean Payton, you know, he's going to come in. I think that some guys are going to have the chance to meet with Payton, to chat with him, um, and, and obviously I think, you know, kind of discuss philosophy, and then that, you know, Sean Payton is either going to bring in his own guys and or he's going to, you know, give these guys the opportunity to go find a job elsewhere as the current, you know, current staffs look to be built around the NFL. There's a lot of changes right now with position coaches, coordinators potentially, uh, we know Justin Outen has had some interest from NFL teams to, you know, for their offensive coordinator jobs. So um, it, it's going to be one of those processes where coaches are going to have a chance to meet with Peyton, and then they're going to decide on what's best for the team, whether that's you know certain coaches staying on or 
he's allowing other coaches to go get opportunities elsewhere. I'm not sure what that means for Ben, but obviously for Ben, he was the assistant online coach to Butch Berry, and you know a lot of players I've spoken to can vouch that. You know, obviously Ben Still is a guy that they you know probably listen to a lot more than Butch Berry because of how he approached coaching. So I think that's obviously a good sign uh, for a guy like Ben Steele. But so much will be contingent upon, you know, what the Broncos decide to do here. It's going to be an interesting turn of events, I, I'll tell you that. I think in the next week or so we're going to find out a lot of movement with this team, especially with the staff. Cody Rourke with us today on the Jim Davis Show on the Team Sports Network. You teased Vic Fangio. Broncos, according to uh, Dave Logan, 850KOA, have been talking with Vic Fangio, former head coach of this team. Uh, there was reports that uh, Stephen Ross in Miami was going to make him the highest-paid defensive coordinator in the league. And then there was the, uh, the report that came out that uh, San Francisco with D'Amico Ryan's leaving to go coach the Houston Texans, that because of Vic's girlfriend, who's an eye surgeon who lives in the Bay Area, Vic's coached in San Francisco previously, that maybe Vic might go back to San Francisco and be the, the D.C. there. But there's some talk that perhaps he might make a return to Denver. Uh, I caught some of Derek Wolf's comments yesterday, Cody, and he he played for Vic and felt like that Vic, he, the defensive guys liked him. Guys on the offensive side had an issue with him as the head coach. They didn't really like the way he he dealt with the team in total. But the defensive guys really liked him. Uh, just I guess your thoughts about Vic Fangio? It would be an awkward situation. Not you know, not exactly like Wade Phillips. It was what nineteen years between Wade being the head coach and then coming back to be the DC of the Broncos. Uh, what's your what are you hearing about Vic Fangio and a possible return to Denver? Well, I mean, obviously it's something that we we knew when Adam Schefter reported a few months ago that if Peyton was looking to get back in the NFL, he was looking to assemble an All Star staff, which did include Vic Fangio. You know, for for this, I mean, obviously the Broncos are in play here for Fangio, but the thing that I mentioned yesterday on our show is that if Fangio is going to come back to Denver, there has to be some sort of, like, cleansing and, and meeting with players on defense because Vic rubbed a lot of people the wrong way during his time in Denver as defensive coordinator um, and a lot of high-profile players. He rubbed a lot of high-profile players the wrong way with his approach, players didn't feel like Vic actually cared about them. He just wanted them to be football players, which, I mean, obviously they understand that's their job. But Vic was, in a, in a way, guys went to the building feeling as if Vic didn't care about them, you know, whatever they got going on in their lives, about other coaches, whatever coaches have going on in their lives. I think Vic is a terrific coach defensively. I think he's a true football lifer. Um, but I think that if that were to happen, there would have to be some sort of meeting of the minds to uh, kind of make some amends, I think, if that were to be the case. Yeah, because Wolf said that he, at least the impression I got, Cody, was the defensive guys didn't have a problem with Vic. It was more the guys on the offensive side of the ball. But from what you're saying, that's not entirely true, that guys on the defensive side weren't exactly enamored with Vic either. Yeah, no, that, that that's also another thing as well. You know, with, with Vic's leadership approach it was like this is how we're doing it and it was like there was no negotiation in a sense with that and I, I think it was different because like Giro Evero on the other hand like here, here's a, the appeal is that the Broncos should in my opinion they should look to retain Evero and I get it like you know Evero's going to be at risk of getting a head coaching job after next year but the thing that players loved about Evero is that Evero took Vic's defensive scheme made it more aggressive and guys loved it the guys had more fun and it wasn't my way or the highway. You know, it was it was collaborative. You know, it was like, hey, this is working for us. Can we try to, you know, can we do it like this? 
this isn't working, you know, hey, how can we adjust on this? Like, it was a very open and collaborative approach from Giro Ebro with his players, and not to mention his coaches, his assistant coaches and body that as well. And they are, there's some really good assistant coaches on the defensive side of all these Broncos defense last year. I think Peter Hansen at linebacker is a great option. Obviously, though, he has spent some time with Vic Fangio when he was a you know, member of the San Francisco 49ers back 2011 to 2014. Uh, on top of that, there's also guys like Marcus Dixon who's done a really good job with the defensive line. I think Burke Watts has done tremendous work with the edge rushers on the outside. And obviously Christian Parker and Ola Adams, uh, you know, DB and assistant DB coach, I have done such a terrific job with this team. I, I, I don't like breaking up that nucleus, to be honest with you. I really don't. And so my hope was, was that a lot of these guys would be able to keep their jobs. But as you mentioned, when you have a staff change, there's going to be a lot of changes as well. Guys want to bring in who they're familiar with. That's the unfortunate side of this whole entire thing is that there's going to be, you know, Broncos are probably going to let go of some really good coaches uh, in this process. Molly Sports Radio is Cody Rourke with us today on the Team Sports Network. Uh, talk about guys that uh, you you want to work with people, at least there's that tendency to work with people you're familiar with, and that could be the case on who this team's next OC could be. And it could very well be a guy that Sean Payton's had a, a relationship with and, and known for a very long time, and that's Joe Lombardi, the, the grandson of the legendary Vince Lombardi. Uh, Joe Lombardi, the offensive coordinator for the L.A. Chargers this past season. They were eighth in total offense. He gets canned, and he wasn't the reason why they, they lost to Jacksonville the playoffs, and Brandon Staley still has his job. But uh, going back many, many years, Lombardi and Peyton have a relationship, and that could be rekindled as a member of the Broncos staff as the OC. Yeah, I, I think this is a very, very interesting one. I think there are some elements of Joe Lombardi's game that definitely has a lot of fans on on ease, you know, on edge, a little skeptical of it. You know, a lot of Chargers fans you know, I reached out to me, and they're like, hey, Good luck with good luck with uh, Joe Lombardi as as your next uh, offensive coordinator. You know there was a lot of frustration there. Um, I think some players there. I mean, I, I think from an optics look, Jim, it doesn't seem that appealing. Okay, they can Joe Lombardi, and they immediately hired Kellen Moore. Like, why? That doesn't make any sense to me. Um, we'll see what happens. I mean, I still think that. Yeah, I mean, obviously ties familiarity. I don't know. I mean, I I honestly wouldn't even be shocked if Clint Kubiak still stays around, Jim. Sure. Um, I think that is something to keep an eye on here for the Broncos. But um, obviously with Joe Lombardi now being a free agent on the coaching market, it probably makes sense for that reunion to happen. Um, we'll see how it goes. I, uh, I'll probably have to, like I said, I think I'm going to reserve a lot of my judgment until we see how they play on the field, right? Because I think, you know, for a lot of people, we all got excited last year, myself included, um, with training camp with, some of the moves that they made, and then the regular season came. It was like, wow, this is uh, not ideal. So I think uh, a, a good portion of the fan base is waiting to see how this team performs before they get, I think, too excited. That's how, that's a lot of the vibes that I've gotten from fans. Do you like the deal? Do you like Peyton being there? Just get down to it. We, we work our way back to that. Do you like this deal, and do you like Peyton being the Broncos head coach? Yeah, no, I think this is probably a, a really good deal. You know, like I said, I felt like any of these candidates at Denver High, like interviewed initially, I felt like were going to be pretty good um, for the job. So I, I think Peyton obviously brings success. He's a proven winner, and now he's tasked with trying to change the culture that Denver has to win football games. Like Denver's got a great locker room culture. I want to I want to point that out. They really do. Contrary to what many people believe, I've seen it. I've talked to players, and, and those guys are very, very tight in that locker room. But 
the on field like winning, like learning how to win. I mean, it's as cliche as it sounds. Like Sean Payton is a winner. Sean Payton knows what it takes to win football games, and it's not just you know what you do on the field. The exercises, is everything that leads up to games. It's how you practice. It's how you prepare. It's it's all these different elements that are attached to it. And I think that is something that not many people focus on because there's so many moving parts in football. Sean Payton, I think, is a great hire. And the fact that they got him for a first round and obviously, you know, a second round next year, but they're getting a third round back, it makes sense. But you know what? Denver has a first round pick next year, folks. So now uh, I think that makes people a little bit more uh, more easy. And not to mention the salary cap did increase. Denver has cap space. They're going to approach several players to restructure to free up even more. And we'll see how Denver addresses some of the major roster holes that they have on the team. Now, 139-84 overall record, 623 winning percentage, eight postseason wins after they'd only won one playoff game prior to his arrival when he replaced uh, Jim Hazlitt as the, the head coach, holds the Saints' top win total, winning percentage. I mean, the, the list goes on and on and on uh, about what Sean Payton has accomplished, particularly the, the offensive numbers, uh, 27.6 points per game, the best uh, for coaches that have coached at least 40 games in league history. So, I mean, there's there's a lot of impressive numbers in regard to Sean Payton and what he brings to the table for the Broncos. Plus, I, I feel like they, they they got a pretty good deal on the whole thing without giving up two first-round picks, a la the, the John Gruden Raiders and uh, Bucks trade from, from so many years ago. One final thing today, Cody. TB12 says this is it. Are you buying it? Because it was, what, a year to the day. He announced his retirement. Forty days later, he was back. I'm just until until the season starts. I'm not even talking about training camp. I'm done when the season starts. I'm not buying it that that the Brady is officially and totally done. Um, you know, I think that's fair. I think for me, I think I honestly feel like Tom Brady unretired last year because he didn't get to break the news himself that he was retiring. Realistically, Adam Scheffler kind of came in and ruined the whole thing. You know, it's taking a moment like that. Why would you not let the athlete announce that, you know, they're done? Um, I think there was, I think that had something to do with it, but I do believe that Tom stays retired this time. I just, I don't see him coming back. There's, there's no need for it. Um, And obviously I think the optics of it, if you were to say today that he's retiring and then, you know, tomorrow, or like three weeks down the road, retire again. I mean, unretire. I think it would tarnish his legacy a little bit. It would make things like, okay, hey, why the hell are you doing this? Like, nobody cares. Um, but he's made his decision. Next up, Aaron Rodgers. So, obviously, you yeah. don't want to wish Tom Brady the best. I know he's going to transition to Fox. I think that they should preserve Kevin Burkhart and Greg Olson on the Fox broadcast because those two guys, from, from a play-by-play standpoint, they are fantastic. Um Find a way to add Tom Brady to that or something, but don't like disband that. Like Greg Olson's a very, very good broadcaster and commentator. Might be the best in the business right now. Uh, but now we all wait and see. What the heck does Aaron Rodgers decide to do? Oh, waiting with bated breath. Oh, one final thing, Tony Romo. <laughs> Tony Romo, he's he's dramatically regressed, hasn't he? Oh gosh, what it's, I don't know what's what going. Ha- I, I, I don't think he's I think he got paid. <laughs> he got paid, and he doesn't care as much. Yeah. The, it's disappointing. Yeah, the, 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 was it the was it the Buffalo game where he makes a comment? That's ah, a perfect pass, but it's a little too high. Well, no, it's a perfect pass, or it's not. It's not a perfect pass. Yeah. It's a little too high, and that's just one small example. I've just I've been flabbergasted, to be quite honest. I, I've heard um, 
I've heard he doesn't honestly prepare as hard for games anymore. Like there was, there's times where he will ask somebody, you know, the day he gets to the stadium for the game, he'll ask somebody for like, you know, notes on, you know, both teams, and then he'll kind of just use mm-hmm. that in his thing. But it's like, if you're getting paid that much money, you should be, like, where is the drive? Where is the dedication? Like Mark Schlereth, I can tell you this: Mark Schlereth watches so much film on the teams that he's going to cover, and he takes detailed notes. Like I'm talking like almost books worth of pages for his games. That way when he's talking about them, he knows what he's saying. Like, I don't know. You got some guys like Romo that are getting paid a lot of money, and all of a sudden now it's, uh, you know, he's not treating it how he first did when he first got in, which is disappointing. But, yeah, it's like the world is kind of a done with Tony Romo. They're annoyed by him now, and can't say that I blame him. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Cody, always a pleasure. Check him out weekday afternoons, Mile High Sports Radio. Also uh, writes great pieces on the Broncos for MileHighSports.com. Thanks, Cody. Appreciate you guys. Go Tigers. All right. Cody Rourke joining us from Mile High Sports Radio. Always enjoy the conversation. 20 minutes of Cody Rourke today on the program, talking a lot of Broncos. All right. We will take a break. We'll come back. 848, and uh, we'll have four down territory. Do we have a winner yet, by the way, for the uh, Locker Room Prep Pop Quiz? We do. Okay. Very good. And now, ladies and gentlemen, the winner of the contest. It's another winner on the Team Sports Network. Eric Horizon Hawks grad correctly spitting out the number 10. That was the winning streak, uh, or losing streak, if you will. Central snapped last night against the Montrose Boys basketball team. All right, this hour brought to you by Preston Lee. A country financial believes in building relationships, supporting the community, and serving others. Have a chat and let them help you protect the things that are important to you. Google him at Preston Lee Country Financial. We'll take a break and return with more on the Jim Davis Show on the Team Sports Network. Craptastic. That's just crap. The team presents the Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader, the team. Welcome back. Jim, along with the Buckeye, boy, your thoughts on the Broncos trading for Sean Payton. Text call us, 970-242-1340. Chick-fil-A breakfast team phone line. Got text, uh, unnamed texter today. I feel like Payton's a repeat of John Gruden. Very good coach that steps away from the game. The longer he's away from the game, the more his aura of an incredible coach grows and grows. But then when he returns, so-so results, regardless of the coach. If Russell Wilson is really... Uh, starting uh, into a decline of his career won't matter who the coach is. Well, it's it's not like Peyton's been gone that long. It's it's not the same situation as John Gruden. Also, you look at the offensive numbers for Sean Payton mm-hmm. compared to what John Gruden put up. It's it's not the same. But that does there make his point about Russell Wilson. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, that's why I said before. Yeah. If it doesn't work out, Russ is the problem. Mm-hmm. It's it's not the coach, it's not the scheme, it's Russ. All right, exactly. Let's, let's quickly get into. We're into four down territory on the Jim Davis Show on the team. All right, start things out with first down. 49ers player shared a conspiracy theory about their loss to the Eagles. Quarterback Brock Purdy, of course, suffered the elbow injury on the team's first possession of the game. Then Josh Johnson went out the concussion. And then Purdy had to try to re-enter, but he had already tore had the elbow injury that. Um, there was a Niners player, not a unnamed Niners player, said, I felt like once Purdy got hurt, someone at the league called down and said, make sure the Eagles get to the Super Bowl and not them. Come on, st- stop this stuff. 
from fans and from players. That's a someone needs to grow up alert, I think. You lost, okay? Purdy got hurt. Johnson got hurt. That That's going to happen. Nobody in the league office was was rooting for that to happen or or like the Bengals to lose to the Chiefs because it's it's at State Farm Stadium, right? Mahomes, Jake from State Farm. No. Also, J.J. Watt reacts to the Texans hiring D'Amico Ryans that uh, Watt said, let's go. You want to re-energize and reignite the incredible Houston fan base? This is a hell of a start. Of course, those guys played together in Houston. All right, third and fourth. Never down. thought we'd be with the. What does JJ Watt think about the coaching? That's a rare. Apparently, somebody. That's a rare. Yeah. Like he tweeted that out, and so there we go. Over the course of his career, Tom Brady lost less than a hundred games in the regular season, ninety-seven to be told. Pretty good. Yes. Can you tell me how many NFL franchises can claim the same that they've lost less than one hundred games? Since 2001. How many teams? How many teams? Have lost in fewer than 100 games. I'll say two. You're uh, twice as right. Only the New England Patriots can say they've lost less than 100 games because Tom Brady was there. He was there. Everybody else has lost at least 100. I think the Browns have lost like 400 since then. That's that's not a whole lot of fun. Right, fourth down. Fourth down, if you have YouTube TV and also like Major League Baseball and MLB Network, you're going to be sad. Pulling the channel oh. from YouTube TV. Oh. Yep. I don't know anybody with YouTube TV. Shame on you, YouTube TV. Shame on you. All right, hour three coming up. CSU Voice, Brian Roth and Mike Rice, 850 KOA Broncos Radio Network next hour.